everyone, welcome back to Murder on Tap. I'm your host, Allie, and uh, that's Jose. It's me, once again. Allie and Jose, Murder on Tap. And Jose. Uh, welcome back to episode seven? Seven, you're Welcome right. back to episode seven, yes. We're halfway there. We're halfway there. <laughs> halfway we only, there we said what? we were only going to do 14, <laughs> so we're halfway there. Listen, I'm, I'm shocked that we made it this far, so... We're not going to put you through it anymore. <laughs> oh, no. We're going to put you through it. This is just the beginning. <laughs> so, excuse me for my voice. I'm not feeling so well. I'm a little bit under the weather, even though it's like literally 175 degrees. Kidding. It's not. But Even though it's, it's over the weather, you're yeah, under the weather. Legit. But, um, so sorry for my voice, but we have some good beer for you tonight. We got a good true crime for you, and very we're excited. Good beer. Very good. Beer. Again, as always, thank you to all of our subscribers. Thank you for listening. Thank you for commenting. That's a lie. We're not getting comments right now, but that's okay. Thank you for following us on Instagram, um, and thank you for subscribing. Most of all, yeah, we might have some nice little treats for you guys if. You really listen. <laughs> if you don't, don't expect anything. We so, know who you are. So how's it going, Jose? It's going all right, Ellie. That's good. Everything been swell with you? I mean, it's been good until, like, this fucking heat wave this last, like, weekend and today. Yeah, it's been a... It's been a scorcher. It's been a good one. For sure. We're not even into summer yet fully. Shit. Technically, yeah, we are. We're like a month in. That's not even... Once you hit September, it starts getting... I suppose. I don't know. It's just been very weird weather for Cali this whole year, and I'm just not used to it. But whatever. We take it as it comes. You're not used to it. You're in California. Well, I mean, this whole, like, gloomy, gray, cold... I love it. Don't get me wrong. It's been amazing. June gloom, and then now you have... I love it. It's been, like, year-long gloom. First of all. Now you have July fire. <laughs> other than mine. But you know what I mean. It does now. <laughs> July fire. But it's been it's been good. It's been nice. Yeah, it's uh need to get my tan on. I don't need one. I'm already brown. <laughs> Very brown actually. <laughs> <laughs> That's alright. Do you wanna get started today? my story is kinda long, I'll be honest, so Yes, let's get my story my review out of the way. So we guys get on to the real part of the podcast. Let's do it. What's our beer of the week, Jose? It's called Murder on Tap, not Tap on Murder. <laughs> which would have been a nice name, too. <laughs> then it would be hosted by Jose and Allie. <laughs> not Allie and Jose. We just did that because it was in alphabetical order. Right. Alrighty. Well, you ready to get into this new beer of the week? I am. Hold on. I'm ready now. Oh, that hurt my ears. <laughs> Let's take a quick sip of it before we start. Sip. Ah. Okay. Oh, that's really good. Oh, man. So good. All right. Today we're doing the Mango Cards. Woo-woo. By Golden Road Brewing. Very, 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 very good. Uh, Let's give you some background on the Golden Road Brewing. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It was uh, founded in 2011 by Meg Gill and Tony... Yeah, now. I believe that's how you say it. Yeah, now. <laughs> it's actually, yeah, no. It's like Y-A-N-O-W. I believe it. There we go. <laughs> uh, it was founded to bring fresh beer to local markets, which it is pretty. 
fresh. It is beyond fresh. It is fresh, and they do do it for local markets. Mm-hmm. Um, 2015, they partnered with, guess who? Guess what big name beer company? Lagunitas? No. Oh. Anheuser-Busch. Oh, them too. We all know them by their Bud Lights and Budweiser's mostly. Yes. Shout out to the Budweiser drinkers. Yes. Nobody drinks Budweiser anymore. All they do is drink Bud Light. Well. Has less carbs. Really? <laughs> I, I think that's what it means. Okay. Or it has lighter beer, lighter alcohol. You're kind of right. I don't I don't even know if anybody drinks anymore. My dad used to drink Budweiser's all the time. And then Bud Lights came but around. But he switched to Bud Light, right? Yeah. I like the Bud Light guy. Not going to lie. They're platinum... Right? They came out with a platinum or something? Was it platinum Bud Light? It was yeah, it was a platinum. It was like this blue bottle, and it was like literally like 6%. Yeah, it was like 6.5%. Was, uh, it was great. Yeah, it was good. It was pretty good. Go on. We might do a future review on that. We're going to have to. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I'm down. All right, let's go. Um, yeah, in 2015, they partnered with Anheuser-Busch, which gave them the chance to grow bigger and bring more beer to more fans. Mm-hmm. Smart move. Very smart. Especially it's- in this... Up and coming <coughs> craft beer era. And they, Why not? they really grew. They're they're literally everywhere now. Yeah. Everywhere. They're at um they're at Dodger Stadium now. Oh they are, that's right. Remember mm-hmm. we talked about this last time. Yep. I was shocked they didn't have Goose Island, but they had Golden Row brewing all over the place. Yeah, they had uh I forgot which one they started with, but um, then they moved to Montejo. Oh, okay. Montero or something like that. I just remember the, I don't know what the, their classic blue one. The Wolf Pup. Maybe. The Golden Road, the light blue can. Yeah, the yeah. The Wolf Pup. We might get into that some other day. <clears throat> we'll have to, for sure. So stay tuned. <laughs> if or we don't. make it to our 14th episode, apparently. Cause... We only got 14, <laughs> so if you don't listen by the 14th, you might as well not even listen at all. No, don't. <laughs> Just, just, just keep listening. Give up. Just keep listening. If you're listening to this one and you're just going to go, hey, I'm just going to listen to this one and the 14th one, okay, I get it. <laughs> but just subscribe. You don't have to listen to them. Alrighty, let's continue. Um, so I give them a chance to grow, to more, make more beer, cover more area, cover more fans. Um, they, brew in, they brew and can in California. It's all based in California. Nice. You know? Well, I'm That's not sure if nice. it's all based in California, but they do their... Canning and brewing here. I'm sure they distribute everywhere, but, you know. Um, some of the beers that they brew, which we just spoke about, is the Wolf Pup Sessions IPA. The Point the Way IPA. The Golden Road Heppenweizen. Get Up Off of That Brown. Mm-hmm. And Wolf Among Weeds IPA. That's the one I tried when we went to Golden Road last time. It's like a 10% beer. What was it called? Wolf Among Weeds. Oh, yeah, that's right. I think that's the one. No, Um, you know what? I might be wrong. That might not be it. It sounds really familiar, though. It does sound familiar. Hmm. Maybe that's why I can't remember. That's okay. We'll just have to make another trip out there and record it. (laughs) There we go. You record. At least write it down. Yeah, we'll have all the loud people in the background going, Yeah, beer! (laughs) More that, place, beer. that place gets pretty crowded, let yeah. me tell you, but it's nice. It's very nice. It's out on, uh, is it Glendale? Yes, in Glendale. San Fernando Road. San Fernando Road, right by the rain, uh, right by the train tracks. 
That's about it. But <laughs> just look up Golden Road Brewery in Glendale. You'll be fine. You'll be there in Glendale, California. That is. Um, they're always experimenting with uh, new beers, uh, with the freshest ingredients, uh, for rotations of seasonal and limited edition beers. Mm-hmm. They have a few uh, limited edition beers. This is the mango cart, like I said. It is a series of Golden Road Brewing beer inspired by iconic fruit stand sellers. Nice. Hence the mango cart. I thought it was different. I thought it meant something else, oh, but it actually meant a mango cart. Yeah, no, no. From the depiction of the artwork on the can, that's what it looks like, but I'll let you get to that. Sorry. Yeah, it <laughs> looks like, you know, they're out in a, a beach setting. There's palm trees that look like the bottom part of the palm tree is a pineapple. Or is it a mango? Okay, I mean, literally, it says a series inspired by the iconic fruit car vendors of Los Angeles. It's a, it's a. Uh, it's excuse a me, I think you're taking over my. I part know. I'm of sorry. I couldn't help it. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, yeah, it's literally a guy with his little sombrero cutting into some mangoes in his cart, being like, "Hey, guys." Hey, surfer dudes. Hell yeah. Come and grab some of these mangoes. Surf bros. Come and grab some of these mangoes. They're really good. Love this. But it's very, very tasty. I'm not really into fruity beer. Oh, I'm not either. But but this this is... Splendid. This is delicious. Like, this is exactly what it sounds like. Mango cart. Like, it tastes like mangoes. Straight up tastes like mangoes. Like when you buy a bag of fruit from these guys or a cup of fruit, Uh and at the end there's that juice left over. Yes. And you just drink on that. That's what it is. Mm. It's really tahini and everything. Yes. This one doesn't have tahini. I know. You could put tahini in it. Just saying. You put tahini in it. Oh, that's right. Remember, we when we actually did try it out at the Golden Road Brewery. This is what I had mixed with my michelada. Yeah, they have a they have this as a michelada. I think they also put Stella in there or something like that. Oh, I don't remember what the other. I don't know exactly what I it agree. is, but they they put the actual you know tomato juice. This is what happens when you're powder. an alcoholic. You don't remember anything. <laughs> Just the goodness. Listen, we're gonna carry around notebooks from now on, and we're gonna write this stuff down. I promise. Just hope we don't forget our notebooks. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's um light, refreshing. Uh, with hints of fresh mango and maybe like a little peach flavor. A little bit. A little bit of it. You a know, little bit, for when, sure. Like when you drink that uh, peach flavored iced tea. Yeah. A little, yes. A little, little Absolutely. Hint of sweetness. Mm. Um, it's a wheat ale. Uh, wheat ale, yeah. The wheat ale is, um, these are different because they're usually brewed um, with large, pers- uh, large portions of wheat. Um, compared to uh, the malted barley, it has hops in it, but the main Not ingredients, so you know, the main ingredients would be barley and wheat, which they're brewed in. Um, yeah, it pours golden yellow when you pour it out, like a mango. Mm-hmm. It smells like mango. Tastes like mango. Uh, tastes like mango. It you can't you could hardly taste. Beer. You can't even taste beer. It's so refreshing. It literally tastes like juice. Yeah. It just tastes like carbonated juice. That's. Yeah, we were recently at a kids' party, and this is all we had. 
<laughs> yeah, a kid's party that my nephew almost accidentally drank because he thought it was soda. That was my fault. No, we don't condone Well, technically it wasn't my fault. Yes, absolutely we don't condone minor drinking. But <laughs> I had it on the table, and he came out of the pool, and he was, like, thirsty, I guess, and he thought it was something to drink. And not even, like, a second. I had my eye on him, so I was watching what he was doing, and I grabbed it. I was like, nope, that's not yours. I condone minor drinking. If you're drinking minor amounts. Oh my goodness. That's about the same minor, Jose. <laughs> <laughs> or if you're a minor. We're going to have to start in, uh, having a spelling contest, apparently. Name <sighs> that word. I'll spell that word. <laughs> uh, this beer is year-round. You can find it all the time. They We saw it at Ralph's. We saw it at 7-Eleven. Yes, but I mean, year-round? When did this start coming out? I mean, I just noticed it. Have you noticed it before? I honestly I have not noticed it before. I think it just gained popularity. Well, I hope it's not like real a quick. I hope it's not just a summertime thing because this is delicious. No, I just said it's year round. Oh, okay, good. It's maybe all they the just end. maybe they just brought it out. They have so many selections that they whatever it's delicious. They probably tried out some of these, see which work better, and these are very popular. Mm-hmm. Even when we were going, even when we went to the brewery, a lot of people were asking for cases of this before they left. Mm-hmm. Because you could buy cases at the brewery if you leave. Yes, you can. You can buy growlers. You can buy pints of it. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool hip spot. You can bring your dog too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a four point four percent ABV. Ellie. Uh, alcohol by volume. Nice. I've been listening. You remembered. <laughs> and it's only uh, it only has an IBU of ten. So it's not really bitter. It's not really bitter at all. It's not bitter at all. I'm telling you, it tastes like juice. And the hops, you might not even taste the hops. There's no hops. If you're really a hop, if you're really a hop enthusiast, and you could, you have a taste for it. Um, the hops used in this beer is the Bravo hops. Mm. And you know what I say to this beer? Mm. Bravo. 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 Indeed. Very tasting. I love it. I would fully recommend this to all my friends and family. Yes. And people that I see down the road walking by. <laughs> but hey, get a mango cart. It tastes just like L.A. <laughs> and L.A. is delicious. Um, you could usually find these anywhere from, let's say, nine ninety nine to maybe eleven, twelve ninety nine. You might find them cheaper somewhere. You might find them more expensive somewhere. And that's for a six-pack. Yeah, yeah. And that's just, you know, a rough estimate. Yes, rough estimate. We usually try to remember how much we buy these things for. And honestly, again, we really don't remember. <laughs> just Is drinking beer a tax write off? Just bear with us. I don't know. We're going to have to find out, though. Because we get paid <laughs> for real a lot. <laughs> Shout out to getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to remembering how much these things cost. Noted, we will have our notebooks everywhere we go from now on. Or we could just keep the receipts. Yeah, that too. I'm not <laughs> that, good at that, that at could all. help too, you know? I'm not good at keeping receipts. But yeah, that's uh, the beer of the week, which we both highly recommend. Highly recommend. How many stars do we give it out of five? Absolutely. Like f- six out of five. That's not possible. It is. Okay, let's go six stars. Six stars out of five. (laughs) 
That means one more than great. No, it's great. Did you tell him that the percentage is like 4%? Yes, it is 4%. 4%. This beer is actually really good on a hot day. Yes, and you have to make sure they're like really chilled. Pop it in the freezer for a little while. Yes. Right before it gets that little slush. Even if it, it has that slush, you know I think it would be delicious. It's like if you're eating a raspado. A mango raspado. Yes. Shaved ice for those people that don't know what I'm talking about. For sure. Shaved ice. This is a total summertime party drink. It's just so refreshing. You could just drink and drink and drink. Yeah. But be careful drink. because it eventually creeps up on you even though it's like 4% but you don't realize it. Yeah, you think you're drinking mango juice and you're like, wait, why am I drunk? Yeah. At a kid's party. Mm-hmm. Plus you're having fun. <laughs> And you're a good person at heart. <laughs> um, yeah, well, that's the beer of the week. That was great. I hope you enjoyed it. It was a great it. selection. I I did. I hope you guys enjoy it. Yeah, and uh, let us know. Please do. Send us your pictures, drinking it, posting it, whatever it is. Yep. We recently had uh, one of our listeners. which Two of our listeners, which Two actually. of our listeners, which coincidentally are my cousins. Well, and one of them is my coworker also. Oh, really? Yes. You got one of those. Nice. Uh, one of my cousins sent us a picture of the Belching Beaver peanut butter style. Yes. While they were playing a mystery board game. Oh, I missed that part. That was pretty cool. That's pretty neat. Solving she murders and drinking beers. Apparently she did. Nice. Yeah. My coworker too it? liked it. Said it was a little bit strong, but I guess maybe they're not... I mean, we're used to these high percentage beers so i don't know it's not for everybody but and that's what we're trying to do we're trying to let you try new beers and let us know if it's too much if it's not enough if it's gross if it's delicious even if they're gross let us know let us know what you think we're gonna try everything indeed send us an email we have 14 whole episodes we have seven seven more more beers that we can try (laughs) hey and we might even throw in a little snippet (laughs) <laughs> midweek of some random beer we could try if we get recommendations so that let us know, you know? <clears throat> excuse me bless you no i cough <laughs> but thanks anyway all right well ali what do we have in store well, today for our murder of the week, week truly week, truly week, that was amazing week, beer week. of the week i love it i wasn't waiting to like this beer so much i thought it was gonna be we tried the Lagunitas mango something, whatever it was, mango. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was going to be like that, but this is completely not like it at all. It's so good. Well, the Lagunitas one was good, too. It just had more hops. It was hops. good. It just had more hops, but this is literally, it just, it's so refreshing. Yes, it is. It just is. tastes like summer. Especially but anyway. these hot-ass days. Indeed. So, thank you. Thank you, Jose, for breaking that down. You're welcome. I Beer of the week, you guys. Beer of the Week, Golden Road Brewing, Mango Cart. Mango um, Cart. So, and on, on to my part. Uh, this week, we're going to be covering the Toolbox Killers. Recommended by Jose. Recommended by Jose. On that note, have you heard anything about them, Jose? No, I just looked it up and saw that it was something I like from Cali. So. I like when you pick something for me because, like, I have heard and I've read on so many different um, true crime stories and so many murders and so many, just a lot. Different outlets. 
that I like getting recommendations that way. It makes it more exciting for me instead of just searching for something that I already know about. Hey, our listeners aren't doing it. I might as well do it. No, you guys. Listeners. What the hell? What happened to those emails that we requested? Why don't we set up an email account for it? Yes, remember, murderontap (laughs) at gmail.com. Send us your favorite true crime. Well, I shouldn't say favorite, but your... Your what? Yes. What's interesting to you? What, yes. What's your most interested? Uh, no, a, true crime. Whatever, whatever it is, just yeah. send it to us. I'm telling you, just send it. I will research it for you. But anyway, jumping into this because it's a little bit of a, it's a little bit of a long one. So the <laughs> toolbox killers, um, also known as Lawrence Bittaker and Roy Norris were dubbed the Toolbox Killers on account of a string of murders back in 1979 using household tools to inflict unimaginable tortures. A fork and a spoon. No. <laughs> Tongs. But, but, <laughs> sure, let me just get to it. How about that? <coughs> Excuse me. So, a little history on the two men before we really jump into the slangs of these Poor victims, right? So, for starters, both men endured unloving upbringings. Um, Bittaker was abandoned soon after his mother gave birth, but eventually he's adopted by Mr. and Mrs. Bittaker. His adoptive father is an aircraft in, is in the aircraft industry, and they traveled a lot. So, Ritiker received little or no attention or affection from either parent. At age 12, he started acting out with a string of petty thefts. Uh, By 1957, at the age of 17, he pretty much drops out of high school, even though his IQ was somewhere at 138. No, not a million, but like 138, which I think we determined last time was was pretty high. I think it's a little bit above average. Uh, a little bit. No, wait. Is average 140? Was it 140? I think I questioned myself and I thought 170 was in the mix, but I think it's 150. So I think so. I'm pretty sure you're right. Yeah, you know. I'm right most of the time. So al- around this time, uh, him and his family moved to California, and he's originally from Pennsylvania. Um, and a year after dropping out, he's imprisoned at the California Youth Authority for car theft, hit and run, and evading arrest. Damn. Yeah. Upon his release, Bittaker discovers his adoptive parents have not only disowned him, but they actually left for another state. They were like, fuck this kid, we're bouncing. They Joe dirted his ass. <laughs> they didn't even care. They that sucks. Like dirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, let's not even reference that. so let's jump into norris now ray norris is born in greeley colorado and his childhood his childhood is not any happier um his father works in a scrap in a scrapyard and his mother was a drug addicted housewife which kind of sucks but she was a drug addict well this was back in the day yeah 19 stigma of of housewives back in the day kind of, you know, having their... Right? I mean, they didn't really... Uh, I think they had a thing with, like, what was that? meth. What was that song? Mama's Little Helper or something? The Rolling Stones? Oh, shit, you're right, and I can't remember right now. 
Is it cocaine? No, I think it we was like We need to pills. do research on that. Well, you know, anyway, we'll not, come back to you. We're not stereotyping next everybody. Just, no, no, not at all. But we're just saying, during this time, they got away with a lot of things, and that's cool, I guess. Whatever. We're not judging. I'm not judging. I don't care, right? Yeah. So I don't, I don't care. <clears throat> I care about the beer. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so he lives with his parents uh, occasionally, but was repeatedly placed into foster care. And this is his actual parents, right? Um, oh, they're going to show me a picture. No, I'm not going to show you a picture. Get out of <laughs> here. You did a hand movement where you said, and this is... <laughs> he's, he's often neglected. He's frequently denied food or clothing. So he's just constantly, they're not even paying attention to him. They don't even feed him. They don't want to give him a new pair of no, underwear. No, not at all, apparently. Oh. He's an awkward child and clearly... He would not have a decent relationship with many people, most especially women. Well, probably because of the divorce. And, well, no, it wasn't a divorce. No, he they wasn't. just met them, right? No, no. This is Norris. This is Ray Norris. The first guy was Lawrence Bittaker. Oh, he There's was the... two. I'm sorry. Toolbox Killers has two people in it. So the first one was left. Yes. Joe Dirt style. <laughs> and then the second one was uh, just neglected. Neglected was just a divorce neglected involved. In general, or? there wasn't divorce involved, but his parents pretty much told him and his sister, like, "Listen, you guys aren't really wanted. We're kind of just Ooh. waiting for you guys to turn eighteen so we can separate." Like Where's that you was want the, the tax money. Get out. It was just like shit, lady. Like, damn. Get a but job. anyway, so just like Bittaker and Norris also drops out of high school at the age of 17. He joins the Navy, and he serves mainly near the San Diego area. Between... San Diego. San Diego. Between... Means wealthiness. <laughs> between 1959 <laughs> and 1977, both men are uh, caught up in, like, a string of criminal activities, including robbery, rape, and attempted murder, uh, where in an, inst- an instant where Bittaker attempts to steal a steak from a grocery store but he gets caught by the supermarket employee and instead of just like giving the steak back he pretty much stabs the guy <laughs> he stabs the guy like within like centimeters of his heart Ouch. luckily the employee whose name is gary louie he's fine he makes it out he's good he survives um he's fine gary louie yes is that louise Lewis? No, it's Gary Louis. Two first names. Mm-hmm. Right? Very already... suspect. Mm. Uh, Bittaker is sent to California Men's Colony in San Luis Obispo. And Roy Norris, on the other hand, is arrested after a woman turns down a motorcycle ride. Who would turn down a motorcycle ride? Right? In the 50s? Well, let me tell you. So what happens is, (laughs) because she turns down this motorcycle ride, this, I cannot talk again today, motorcycle ride. Motorcycle ride. I guess it's not just a today thing. It's just ongoing. My, anyway. No, the listeners, no, they've been. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they picked it up by now. They have a drinking game where you (laughs) you slur or something and they're drunk. They're drunk already. Oh my God. You guys should play a drinking game for us. There you go. Every time I say a word wrong, drink. Everybody just has to take a drink. 
So, because of the motorcycle ride uh, that this lady turns down, he pretty much grabs her by the scarf and he twists it around her neck before, like, dragging her into a bush and pretty much raping her. Whoa. He just doesn't know how to take no for an answer, I guess. Well, she said no? Well, he said she said no to the motorcycle ride and he was like, That's two nope. different things, though. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm kidding, is it? Everybody. I'm kidding. <laughs> so, at first, if she says no to a motorcycle ride, no means no. Yes. Don't force people to get on your motorcycle if they don't want to, okay? Just leave them alone. So, at first, he gets away, but a month later, he actually gets caught because the same woman identifies his motorcycle by the license plate or something, and uh, he's sent to California Men's Colony. In San Luis Obispo. Wow. Yes. If you haven't picked that up by now, that's also where uh, Bitteker was. The funny thing is with the name Bitteker, it's not a last name you could say slow. You can't just go Bitteker. No. You gotta go Bitteker. 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 <laughs> so, as... <laughs> Bitteker. So, eventually, eventually, <laughs> if you haven't caught up by now, Norris meets and befriends... Bitteker. Bitteker. So Bitteker as, and Norris. <laughs> as they become even more acquainted, they discover they actually share similar unhealthy fantasies. Oh, really? Yes, such as sadistic Do domination of women, specifically between the ages of like 13 and 19. So oh, like teenage girls. Guess. Oh, I'm sorry. I you should have slowed down. I'm just too excited to tell you about this, I guess. All right. My bad. I'll slow down a little bit. Okay. <laughs> That's slow enough, thanks. <laughs> so, uh, Bitteker is released from <clears throat> the California... What is it called? The California Men's Colony in San Luis Obispo on J- October 15, 1978. And he moves to L.A. where he gets hired as a skilled machinist. And he's literally making like $1,000 a week. And for 1978, that's, that's like pretty a big. Million dollars. That's huge. That's like big bucks. <clears throat> and surprisingly, for his history of um, weird behavior, he isn't so much of a, sorry to say this, but a loser. And actually has, he's actually pretty popular amongst, this is kind of sad to say, but most of the teenagers. He's known to have many parties at his Burbank Motel, supplying beer and marijuana, of course. Um, Roy Norris is actually uh, released in January of 79, the following year, and <clears throat> thus the trouble begins. Can I cut in for one second? Yes, absolutely. $1,000 with inflation in 1950 would be compared to $9,628 today. What? But this is 1978. Oh, 78. <laughs> then I am completely wrong and... Actually. It's only worth $2,700. What? Yeah. Serious? Yeah. Damn, how is it so much more different in 1959? What was a 20-year difference? I mean, I suppose... The Great Depression was going on. I might be wrong. I just said that because it's <laughs> an old time. Great Depression was in the 30s. I do research about beer, not <laughs> the history. This is not called history on tap. I mean, it's not called murder on histories. Or the history of murders. 
Okay, so, uh, Norris is released from prison, and eventually they meet up, and they start planning how to adapt abduct these teenage girls that they had been talking about while they were in prison and like coming up with all these plans of what they were going to do people had a talk before they you didn't even know like these guys sat there and like planned it out like they wrote about it and they talked about it like they they planned their whole strategy out like this is just sick we think we have hard time taking notes shit these These guys guys were way prepared Let, let me tell you these guys were making notes jesus so, first things first, of course they need a creepy fucking van. Uh, they purchase a silver 1977 GMC cargo van who has no uh, side windows, like, oh, obviously. Course. I mean, just like the front windows. Of course. And Did it say free candy on the side? <laughs> it might as well have. Uh, it has a large passenger side sliding door, which would eventually allow them to to drag their victims inside the van a little bit easily. And, but, mm. let me just, also a side note, they also decide to name their van. The Murder Machine. No, but really close. How did you know? It's called the Murder Mac. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm not even kidding. That's weird. Why Murder Mac? promise you didn't research that. I didn't see it at all. Well, I don't know. I, they just called like the Murder Mac. Trick? Yeah, I mean, it's like, like kind of like, probably like a Mac Daddy, but like, a murder oh. Mac, you know what I mean? Oh my goodness. The murder Mac daddy will make you. <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> but anyway. Wait, you said it was a 19 what year? 1977 GMC Cargo. GMC Cargo. Hmm. Yes. We'll we'll post a picture of it for sure. I'm trying to remember. On our Instagram at Murder on Tap. Remember to follow us. Oh, I just saw it. Yes. It's a very murdery vehicle. Mage. And that one has windows. This one had no windows whatsoever on the sides. I'm afraid to Google this car with no windows because then they're going to trace it back to me and say, what are you trying to do, Sam? Listen, with the amount of shit in my history, you're fine. Oh, okay. Trust me. <laughs> I'll just log into your account. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so, from February to June of 1979, they pick up over 20 female hitchhikers just to practice how they're going to lure these girls into the van voluntarily. Okay, so obviously they're not trying to just like jump up on them and like kidnap them. They're trying to like lure them in and be like, hey, come on in. You know, they don't want to cause a scene. Hey, you want some candy? They also discover the secluded fire road located in the San Gabriel Mountains. Bittaker comes across the gate where he happens to notice like a lock is in place. So he takes a crowbar and he breaks it and he puts his own lock in place just so he can have a key to it and he can go in and out as he pleases they finally that iq is coming into play (laughs) clearly wait was he the smart one i believe so shit i already forgot damn it does it say anything about the other guy having a high iq no they didn't really talk about him so much but so we know that there's one major dealer in this situation yeah absolutely and but you always have to have one mastermind the other guy is the muscle yeah i suppose but it was it was bitteker and if i'm not wrong bitteker was older he was born in 1940 in 1940 and uh norris was like eight years younger than him 1948 or something like that age before 
beauty. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So, finally, their killing spree begins. Finally. Oh, you don't even know. All right. So, June 24th. They, like, planned everything. They literally sat there and planned everything for a matter of... Three weeks. No, for, like, four months. They were planning everything. Like, they prepared Oh, so they didn't do anything for four months? No, they just sat... Well, I mean, they were... I'm telling you, they were picking up hitchhikers. They were practicing that to, like, lure people into their car. But that was about it. They weren't... They hadn't started officially killing or... So they'd pick them up and then necessarily just Necessarily raping. Go? Yeah, they just wanted to practice how they would get the girls in the van. That was it. said, hey, jump in the van. Where are you going to? All right, well, we'll yeah, I mean, they off. would pick up people and be like, hey, we got weed. We got drinks. Like, hang out with us. Blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? They had to... They had... They had to put on this, like, comfortable demeanor for people just so, you know, they wouldn't scare people off right away, I guess. You scare them off when you kill them. Right. So, June 24th, 1979. According to Bitteker's written accounts of events for the day, him and Norris had just finished installing a bed in the rear of the van, placing tools, clothing, and a cooler filled with soda and beer beneath it. They drive near the beach around 11 a.m., drinking beers, smoking joints, and flirting with girls. You know, what else do you do at a beach setting like that? Approximately 7.46 p.m., Norris spots Lucinda Lynn Schaefer walking, referring to her as a cute little blonde. And he attempts to entice her with weed and a ride home. Wow. She says, no thanks, I'm good. And no thanks, walking. I don't do weed, and I'd rather right. walk. And I'd also had stated that she had just been coming from church, and she was like on her way home, or on her way to her grandma's house, so... And the grandma turned out to be a big bad wolf. I mean... And he ate her. Bypassed her and became <laughs> the big bad wolf, you mean. So, these two mofos... Mofos. Yes, mofos they decide. I do. Everybody drink. I that, that's do. a mess up in words. <laughs> she didn't mean to say that. <laughs> mofos. So they drive a little further. They drive a little further from her. Norris gets out and he kind of like hides himself in a way that you can't see him standing there. And he inks. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that wasn't it. It wasn't just that he was hiding himself, but he was trying to make it look like he was fixing the car, quote unquote. Oh, I thought you meant he, like, stood sideways on the tree and he was just like, oops. No, no, like, that's, that's what I thought at first because of the description that was written. But it's, it, there's instances where he's kind of hidden and then there's instances where it looks like he's trying to fix a vehicle. But anyway, besides that. He's trying to that, play off that it wasn't, he didn't want to be uh, noticed. He's just like, ah, oh, regular guy right. doing this. Right. So he exchanges a few words with her and as she's passing by, he grabs her and drags her into the van. Um, while Bittaker pretty much blasts the volume on the radio just so nobody can hear anything. Nobody can can be distracted by whatever's going on. Playing some old school Twisted Sister. Maybe it was 79 was Twisted Sister out then. No, I don't think so. All right, well then. Playing some old Bob Dylan. Yes. You know, maybe they were playing Led Zeppelin. Yeah, that's true. Maybe. Anyway. Don't associate Led Zeppelin to this. I know, I'm sorry. So, they bound Lucinda's hands and feet and duct tape her mouth. And she's uh, 
taken to the fire road that they had discovered back in April. Remember with the lock and everything that they broke down? So, despite Lucinda's initial fight and screaming, she eventually calms down and quickly regains her composure. So, she pretty much kind of gives in. She's like, "There's, I'm not going to be able to win this fight. They Two both take turns. Yeah. A fire road. A fire road, an abandoned road that she knows nobody's going to, she's not going to be found. Did she know where she was at, though? Or was she like, you know... No, they had her in the back of the van. They put a she bag had no over idea. It. Oh, no windows. You can't... Well, you know, there's no okay. windows. She can't see shit. So, they both take turns raping her. And throughout the entire torture, she basically does not shed a single tear. She offers no resistance and expresses no concern for her safety. She pretty much knew what was going to happen. Like, she knew she was going to die. Did so there die? was... Well, hold on. I'm getting there. You just ruined it. <laughs> and Spoiler alert. At some point, she even asked Spitaker if they plan on killing her, could she at least just get a second to pray? Which is just so... Just. And you said she just came from church, right? Yeah. Wow. And, and within that time where she asks if they're going to kill her, Bittaker even says... No. Damn. Yeah. Any last requests? I don't care. I mean, she just wanted to pray. Hey. But anyway, so she knew. She knew what was going to happen. She knew that whether she, whatever she requested, she was going to die that night. She had a feeling. Uh, the two men pretty much argue about killing her, but Norris wastes no more time and grabs her by the neck and attempts to strangle her. Not even 45 seconds into the strangulation, he becomes disturbed by a look in her eye. I guess she's looking at him at the same time he's attempting to strangle her. And he runs to the front of the van and he starts vomiting. He starts throwing up. He can't even handle it. So at this point... see those eyes for the rest of his time. Right, definitely. Uh, At this point, Bittaker steps in and he pretty much does the job. But instead, he takes a wire coat hanger and he places it around her neck and he begins to twist it with a with tighten vice it and, tighten it. and tighten it with vice grip pliers. Ouch. Yes. Until she completely stops breathing. And of course, she was denied her request to pray. Wow. They wrap her body in a plastic shower curtain and toss her over a steep canyon uh, Bittaker pretty much says, don't worry about it. Animals are going to eat her alive. Not eat alive, but she's already dead. But they're going to eat her, and there's not going to be a trace of evidence. So they have nothing to worry about. Wrong. Mm. Two weeks later, on July 8th, the two men encounter an 18-year-old hitchhiker named Andrea Joy Hall along the Pacific Coast Highway. Just as they approach her to offer a lift, another vehicle actually pulls up in front of them and she gets into that car instead. But what do these two do? They follow the car. Why? Just pick somebody else up. That's what I was thinking. But they follow the car. What kind of beginners are you? I mean, how obsessed were you with, with this girl that, like, you literally followed the car? Well, you said they go after a certain... 
13 to 19 year old. I mean, I guess, but how do you know that she's 13 or between that age? Do you know oh, what I mean? In the 70s, everybody's that age. That's true. Unlike <laughs> now where everybody's plastic and you can't tell. Just oh. kidding. Not everybody's plastic, but we love you guys. I don't want to make that sound. Anyway. That was the wrong sound. <laughs> that was whipped. a terrible comment. I don't care what you do. Do whatever you want. Do what makes you happy. You're beautiful no matter what you do. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it goes like that, but. So, uh, whatever. They follow this car. Um, and they follow the car. They follow the car to go Redondo Beach where she gets dropped off. And literally they follow right behind and they're like, hey, you need a ride? And she's like, yeah, cool. Thanks. I, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> so, Norris at this time is hiding in the back. So, Bitteker is the only one visible within the vehicle because they don't want it to look too suspicious. So, she gets in and he offers her a drink. She's like, yeah, cool. I'll, I'll take one, you know. But he's like, all right, but you're going to have to get it from the back. It's in a cooler in the back, so go ahead and help yourself. So as she makes her way to the back, Norris emerges from underneath the bed and pounces on her. Like uh, a lion. Yeah, literally, because they have a huge, like, brawl. Like, after a major fight, like a strenuous fight, he manages to restrain her and eventually ties her feet and arms and duct tapes her mouth. She's driven past their chosen location in the San Gabriel Mountains, raped twice by Bitteker and once by Norris, claiming he was less attracted to her. Hmm. Hmm. Bitteker takes Andrea, who is pretty much nude, he takes her up this hill where he's pretty much taking all these, like, photographs, well, these Polaroids of her. So He's like evidence. making her pose like like literally you Come fucking on, idiot. He's taking pictures of her just walking naked, just posing and whatever. And then like there's parts where um, she's pretty much performing like oral sex on him. And she's he's taking pictures of that as well. We forget that there wasn't a <coughs> law and order as for you back in the day. <laughs> no, there was not. <laughs> There was probably an SVU unit. But. I mean, how awkward that you're sitting there taking these pictures with Polaroids. I mean, come on. Okay, now look up. Hold look on, I need left. to shake it. Let okay, me wait, shake wait. it. Hold on. Give me 25 Hold to 30 on. seconds. Need to make sure it came out right. Help me blow on this. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. No, no, no. Bad angle here. Let's toss this one. Oh, my God. So, they drive to a third location, but this time, Norris leaves the two. He goes to buy alcohol. When he comes back... He notices that Bitteker is alone, but he has two more Polaroids. Hmm. What? Yeah. So he's alone. He only has two more photos. And. Selfie. Basically, it's <laughs> the photos depict the last few minutes of Andrea's life. Mm. Are you ready for this? Evidence. Are you ready for this? I don't know. I don't think so either. But yeah. I'm going to tell you anyway. Oh, man. So, he pretty much stuck an ice pick in an, one of her ears and, like, smashed it down to her brain. Takes it out, 
flips her over, sticks it on the other ear, through the other ear, and then begins to stomp on it. Okay, like as if putting it through wasn't enough, you had to get up and stomp on it, right? And in addition to all of that, because you would assume that somebody would just die after that, which I guess maybe she didn't, he strangles her. He strangles her and just throws her body off of a cliff. He's like, we're done. Let's go. I'm done. Yeah. September 3rd. While cruising in the murder Mac, (laughs) they come across 15-year-old Jackie, I hope I'm saying this right, Jackie Gilliam or Gilliam, one of those two. Probably Gilliam. Maybe Gilliam, Jackie Gilliam, and 13-year-old Leah Lamp. Or Lamp. No, it's Lamp. It's Lamp for sure. They come across both of these girls uh, near a bus stop in Hermosa Beach. Hermosa. Hermosa Beach. Hermoso. Both girls are hitchhikers also. They happily accept the ride. And happily? And of course some weed. Yes, because they offer everybody weed that comes within oh, their contact. Goodness. Not long after, the girls notice that the van <coughs> is actually driving in the wrong di- direct... Uh, Drink again. Okay, so the van is driving in the wrong direction, and they begin to speak up. The two men claim that they just want a more secluded area to smoke, but the girls are not having it, and instead they attempt to escape the van. The murder mac. Yeah, the murder mac. So Nora subdues them by hitting Leah in the head with some lead weights he has placed in a plastic bag, Uh, knocking her unconscious before attempting to deal with Jackie. At one point, while they're stopped in traffic, a group of tennis players actually witnesses this struggle, but Bittaker just says they're having a bad LSD trip and no one even questions anything. They don't report anything to the police, like, they're just like, alright, we believe you, whatever. So they make their way up to the mountains, and... For some reason, they're not as interested in Leah as they are in Jackie, and they repeatedly rape her, in which, uh, which during Bittaker pretty much turns his force, he forces her into pretending like she's enjoying it, while Norris, on the other hand, pretends that she is his cousin, whom he has fantasized about raping in the past, apparently. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, that doesn't tell you something. Photographs of both of the girls are taken. Sorry, Polaroids are taken of both of the girls. Clothed, naked, during oral consolation. I'm sorry, copy. Fuck. Drink again. Not today. I cannot today. She messed up. Drink again. oral copulation and during sexual intercourse. Hold on, I'm going to have to drink for that. Look, 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 look. I just made this in my own drinking game. They torture the girls <clears throat> for two days, during which they take turns sleeping next to each of them, while the other one pretty much keeps watch and drives the van around and just keeps an eye out. Eagle eye. Eagle eye. <laughs> they 
contemplate whether or not they're going to kill them in a slow fashion or quickly. Bittaker disagrees with Norris with Norris's fast method. Wait, arguing. wait, wait, you got to drink again. No, said, I didn't. No, you, you said Norris. <laughs> I was hoping you wouldn't catch that. You messed up his name and you've been saying it the whole time. (laughs) Norris and Bitacker. (laughs) This is terrible. We hope you're not driving and listening to this. (laughs) Because you're going to have to get home and count the Uh, mispronunciations. Did I just say one? Mispronunciation. I'm going to (laughs) drink. Just drink anyway. So... Bittiger disagrees with Norris's fast method, arguing it was unnecessary since they only died once. So basically, <laughs> he wants to do this whole, like, slow method of killing because they're only going to die once. Well, yeah, that's what happens. You could only... Well, unless you believe in other stuff where you come back and, you know, die more times. Oh, my goodness. But live more. Eventually... Poor Jackie is killed the same way Andrea Hall was, with an ice pick through each ear and strangulation. Leah is smashed over the head with a hammer, a sledgehammer to be exact. But once they realize she isn't dead, they strangle her and continue to beat her with the hammer. So their bodies are also thrown into the canyon for scavengers to pretty much eat up. What? Yes. October 31st, 1979 brings us to the final victim. 16-year-old Shirley Ledford is abducted outside of a gas station near Sunland, Tahunga. I'm sorry, the Sunland, Tahunga area. Wow, that's right next to us. Yes, it is. She's on her way home from a Halloween party when the two men offer her a ride, and she gladly accepts... Because she recognizes Bittaker, who was actually a regular at the restaurant that she worked at. So, goes to show you, do not accept rides from people that you recognize at your workplace. I mean... Don't hang out with come people. Come on. Or don't get rides from people from work. Not gonna lie, I work very close to my job location, and I... Uh, I you know what I mean? It's already hard enough because you go to a lot of the similar places that your customers are within, and I don't know. It's just, it's a lot. You just need space from people and whatever. Anyway. Anyhow. Anywho. So, she's on her way home. She gets picked up, and they even offer her some weed, but she's like, nah, I'm good. I just need a ride home, you know? Uh, they're they're not going to just give her a ride home. They bound her. They gagged her with some duct tape. And at this time, they don't even bother driving up to the mountains as they usually do. But instead, they just begin to assault her in the back of the van while driving around. Norris takes the wheel while Bitterker beats her with his fist, demanding that she scream louder and louder. Um... In the midst of this attack, the two decide to tape on audio cassette the entire torture, rape, and murder. Bitterker slaps, beats, rapes, sodomizes this poor girl with a pair of pliers. He mutilates her genitals, anus, and her breasts. 
What? Yes, and all while recording her, forcing just to scream louder and louder. And that's, like, the only thing that he just wants out of it. And he's just like, I just want to hear you scream. So the men swap seats, and Norris continues the torture. He continues to force her to scream louder, and he takes a sledgehammer and smashes it against her elbow, like, repeatedly, like, 25 times. 25 times? Yeah, he, like, breaks it. (laughs) Like, he just... Just chop the arm off. He just doesn't stop. Eventually, it gets so bad that she starts beginning to, like... She starts begging to be killed. Well, I would understand that. She just doesn't... She just wants the suffering to end. She doesn't want to go through it anymore. After two hours of captivity, Norris strangles her with a wire coat hanger while he tightens... uh, He tightens it using pliers. And if I'm not wrong... So this is his thing. So if you can remember, he kind of pretty much did the same thing to Lucinda in the beginning... Where he tied it with that vice grip. Somewhere that I read, I'm not sure how true this is, but it pretty much says that they tightened <clears throat> the wire hanger around her neck so tight that it was almost like the size of a fairly large coin. No. Yes. Which kind of throws me off. I was like, what is that supposed to mean? You have you know too much I mean? muscles and you stuff. You have, yeah. On your neck. That's I'll, that's pretty much I'll the size to, of your esophagus. I'll have to get back to you on that one for sure. That can't be again, right. Because I kind of read over it, but That's anyway. a major detail. What do you mean you read over it? I mean, there was a lot of major detail, Jose. I'm trying to cut out some of the facts hey, here. Hey, Maybe hey, not hey. everybody wants to hear it. I'm not the... I... You know what I mean? Uh, but anyway, for their own entertainment... That was very aggressive. Yes, I agree. I mean, you. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yes, usually, I agree. not this aggressive. <laughs> so, for their own entertainment, uh, just from the reaction from the press, they decide to discard her body on the lawn of some like randomly selected home in Sunland. She, they just pretty much dump her body... And she's discovered the next morning by a jogger. Sometime in November of 1979, Norris couldn't keep his mouth shut. Wait, it's still 1979? Yes, this is all in a matter of like five months. Wow. Yes, five months, okay? That is ridiculous. He can't keep his mouth shut and he reacquaints with a former inmate named Joseph Jackson. And he confines in him about his and Bittaker's exploits over the last couple months. Jackson, being the decent person that he fucking is, he decides to actually go to the police. He is passed from department to department, again, 1979. But because of the fact that there's no bodies except for Shirley's, there's not enough... There's not enough um, evidence to go off of. Really? Yeah, because Shirley's the only uh, Shirley's the only body that they recovered. They didn't recover the other four victims oh. at the time. One got eaten by animals. <clears throat> well, you'll find out. What? So they, f- uh, he's again, he's passed from 
police station to police station until he comes across uh, a detective, Paul Bynum, at the Hermosa Beach police station. As it turns out, Norris and Bittaker had actually attempted to abduct... Drink again. So they attempted to abduct and rape three other victims, but they had actually gotten away. Luckily, one of the women who escaped before being killed, like prior to... She got raped, and then before she got killed... Uh, she escapes the van and she actually recalls the murder Mac and she remembers it. She identifies it. She escaped the murder Mac? Yes. And what? she positively How is that possible? identifies her assailant. So she is a star witness. She's amazing. She's uh, amazing? <laughs> Norris, Norris is placed on surveillance She's number and one. taken into custody for the intent to sell weed. But he's a smart little cookie, and he quickly realizes he's not just being convicted for some weed. And he realizes that the crimes are pretty much cra- catching up to him. you got to remember, once you hit a 140 IQ, you're considered a genius. No, this was Norris. Bittaker was oh. one of the IQ. But let me tell you how smart this guy is. Bittaker. Let me tell you. So, Bittaker. in this case, Norris agrees to a plea bargain where he confesses to the murders and would testify against Bittaker. Wow. Yeah. Who he pretty much claims had been the mastermind and the instigator from the beginning. Stitches. Mm. Stitches. Uh, Bittaker is arrested and brought to trial on January 19th, 1981. Evidence against him includes over 500 Polaroids, which he admits to taking... But never harming any of the girls. Um, right. wasn't there a Polaroid of him like sticking an ice pick to somebody's ear? <laughs> I didn't hurt her. She slipped and fell. She's, I just happened to catch it on camera. She was she was trying to get some earwax out of her ear, <laughs> and uh, all I had was a ice pick. I was just helping, and she fell. So a search of the van reveals a plastic bag of weights, a book detailing. How to locate police radio frequencies. This was before Google. Right. 1981, you guys. They figured this shit out through books. They had to read it. You know what I mean? You guys think books are good for you? Look at what happened. (laughs) That's a big piece of evidence. (laughs) At least it takes a while for people to look up what people looked up on Google. This was a book that had fingerprints on it. (laughs) That had a whole step one. I mean, they read it. Radio cops frequencies are this far away. (laughs) Step two. Don't go into these channels. (laughs) It's not like Google where it's like, let me jump into the (laughs) DNS domain and this and that. And I was just... Google's going to give you like an app to follow right away. They're going to be like, here, just, you know what? Just follow this. You know that little thing that pops up on the bottom, on the top of your phone? Little like, drop down. And while you're at it, buy these socks from Amazon. Yes. We noticed. <laughs> so, okay. So, in addition to all the stuff that they find behind the book, the sledgehammer, a tube of Vaseline, Whoa. and Whoa. two necklaces belonging that's, to the victims. That's the biggest evidence, the Vaseline. Whoa. <laughs> when the tape of Shirley Ledford was played in court, 
people literally like left because they couldn't even handle it and the people that stayed in the courtroom just covered their ears because they didn't like vaseline it was to a point where like <laughs> they put a few people through tears like people were Ouch. crying um on february 17 1981 bitaker is found guilty of five counts of murder five counts of kidnap Nine counts of rape, one count of conspiracy to commit these crimes, two counts of forced oral copulation, one count of sodomy, and three counts of an ex-convict in possession of a concealable weapon and soon after is sentenced to death. Norris is sentenced to 45 years in life for having pled guilty. Well, there's your plea deal. Right. You're going to be in jail for the rest of your life regardless. Exactly. Well, I mean, listen, he deserved oh, it. Wow. Um, eventually, Norris leads investigators up to the fire road and to the remains of Leah and Jackie. Luckily, they're recovered. Sadly, Jackie still had the ice pick in her skull. No way. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh. Lucinda and Andrea are never no. found. <laughs> So, wow. yeah, they're never found. Uh, Paul Bynum, if you remember the investigator that finally accepted um, Jackson, uh, the ex-convict Jackson, who pretty much um, threw these guys into the bus, he, uh, he commits suicide several years after. Um, and he Is writes Norris? a note. No, I'm sorry. Paul Bynum was the officer, the Hermosa Beach officer. Wait, why did he commit suicide? Because he said he <laughs> wait, wait. left a note behind. I said suicide. Yeah, you should drink <laughs> I'm gonna now. Drink. <laughs> exactly. You got me. You got me. Good. So he's the officer that's involved in this entire case, and because of because of just the brutal killing and. All of it that has to do with this case. Oh, he even stated this in his note. Yeah, it pretty much left a mark on him. He said that he was still having nightmares. After so many years, he was still having nightmares wow. from this case and the recording and the pictures and everything. Um, Shirley Leds Ledford's tape is actually used to desensitize deep fuck. Drink. <sighs> dun, 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 dun. I just made that song up. Copyrighted by Jose. Drink, drink, drink. So dun, it's dun. used to desensitize new... No, wait a minute. I said that right. No, you didn't. Yes, I... What did you say the first time? Shit, I don't even know what I'm saying. Okay, my bad. The tapes are used to desensitize... Nice. New recruits... <laughs> <laughs> I just slowed down there for a second because my dyslexia was catching up. But anyway, um, it's used to desensitize new recruits so they can kind of take on these cases and just be prepared, basically. I think it's pronounced dyslexia. <laughs> <laughs> hate you. So Norris um, had a parole review actually this year. I tried to find some stuff on it, but I couldn't come across it for some reason. I believe it was sometime in April, but I'll give you an update next week if I can. It's a touchy subject. Major. And Bitteker remains in death row, awaiting his execution. But honestly, I 
I don't think they're, I think he'll just probably end up dying in prison um, before his sentence even carries out. He's got to be like, what, 79, 80 by now? We say he was like 40, 40 something? He was 1940, yeah, so about 79. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, he'll be 80 by next year, so if he doesn't die in, in, unless he's he's in good health and from jail, you know? Maybe. Maybe he's getting swole off of those peanut butter and jellies and, and a couple, you know, top I mean, ramen. He's been in jail since 1981. Like, oh, yeah, that's still yeah. a long time. So, yeah, that's, uh, those are the toolbox killers. Toolbox killers. Roy Norris and Lawrence Bittaker. Bittaker. Yes, thank you, Jose, for that, uh, hey, selection. That was I really did the good. beer. And I suggested the murder. I had, again... Unlike you guys do at home. Right. When we send, let you know what our Gmail is. <laughs> no, we're just kidding. In our but IG. Seriously. You guys, what are you guys doing? Truly, you guys, come on. Are you guys just listening? Or are you just, like, paying attention? Email and just be like, <laughs> no, hey. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, it's cool. Even if you don't. Thanks for listening. This was a great episode. Um, well, we oh, can't, no, I'm we, sorry. Wait, Jose, do we have a good deed of the week? We can't say this is a good episode. It's up to them, not up to us. Fuck that. I think it was a good episode. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Just kidding. We need your guys' feedback. We love your guys' feedback. We don't have any of it, but we have one. <laughs> but, hey, that's a family member, so <laughs> it counts, but... Yeah. No, we have some reviews, and they're really great positive reviews. Yeah, we have some Instagram uh, comments. Boop, boop. Well, we we've messaged you guys, you know. Sometimes we accidentally message you through our personal accounts. <laughs> Sorry about that. But <laughs> it's us. <laughs> and uh, yeah, let me let me uh, finish this off with a good deed. This little quick one. Tell us. Just to get away from wire hanging stranglers and <laughs> ice pick ear. And murder Mac. Earwax cleaners. Murder Mac vans. And GMC candy trucks. Um, There is uh, three young brothers who started a candle company to buy themselves toys. But now they donate $500 a month to the homeless. Wait, a candle company? Yeah, they started a candle company. Oh, that's cool. To uh, buy themselves toys. Just for themselves. What kind of toys? You know, let me, let me let me get into it, you know. Um, it's the Gill Brothers, G-I-L-L, Gill. What's funny is that our um, beer, that our mango cart uh, founder was also named Meg Gill. No way! Do you do this on purpose? It was a coincidence. No, it was a great coincidence. I feel like we had a coincidence last time, That was too, a coincidence. They're not related. It's just, you know, a big coincidence. Um, the Gill Brothers wanted more Nerf guns and video games. Nice. Uh, yeah, their parents refused to pay for these games and, you know, toys. So the brothers, Colin, 13, Ryan, 11, and Austin, 8 years of age. Oh, they're young. Oh, they're really young, yeah. Two teenagers, well, one teenager and two younger ones. Um, they came up with a solution to start a business. Um, they asked their mom what they could do and uh, what was her favorite thing to buy. What was it? Candles. <laughs> That's cute. Candles. That's so cute. Um, yeah, so um, 
they made a candle. They started a candle company, and they called it Frere Branchet. It's French. I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right. That's okay. It was a good attempt. Frere Branchet. <laughs> I'm trying to do it. All right, never mind. Which is uh, French for Gill Brothers. Kind of, you know, that's smart. Um, yeah, so they started, you know, making candles and uh, they started selling their products within within 36 stores. <clears throat> uh, and they have a contract with Macy's in the works. No way. Yeah, so it, it's kind of getting big, you know. It's um, One of the kids said... <clears throat> Excuse me. Every time I saw a homeless person, I was always asking mom if we could give money to them, and this was a way to do it. These guys are helping out with making candles. That's fucking cute. They're they're kids. One of them's a teenager. He's still a kid. We're older. We could call people that are younger kids. If you're two years younger than me, I'm gonna say, "Hey, what's up, kid? What up, kid?" But. Three young kids putting this much effort, helping out homeless people. And what the hell are we doing? <laughs> sitting here drinking. We're sitting we're here terrible. drinking and talking about murder. But listen, <laughs> we're getting their good deed out there, so doesn't that count? Yeah, it won't. Well, yeah, it helps out. We a might bit, not be yeah. doing it, but we're talking about theirs. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know? Um, the brothers, well, the company sells about 400 candles a month. They price them about uh they price them about eighteen to thirty six dollars, um, and they come in twenty three cents. That's pretty cool. That's really cool. What pretty kind of candles cents. are these? They're they have a uh, lavender, lavender, lavender crunch, lavender crunch. Wait, I'm gonna drink like, for that one. I don't have any more beer. It's better be like a three foot candle. Why is it eighteen dollars? Okay, let's not knock their candles. <laughs> okay. Kidding. We're trying to make it a good one, and you it's, just. Why don't you grab an ice pick, Allie? <laughs> wow. <Jesus>. Wow. <laughs> so they have like 23 cents. Some of them are uh, such as Lavender Crush, Lime Cotton, and Whiskey Sweet. Ooh, I would like that. Ooh. Can you eat these candles? <laughs> I will. Give me some of that whiskey, have, please. Give me a drunken night where we start drinking <laughs> wax. Which the Whiskey Sweet is the boy's most popular? Hmm. Coincidence that it's... Murder on Tap with the Gills and the Gills and their favorite people's favorite candle is a whiskey no okay is it a coincidence though or is it meant to be dun 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 <laughs> yeah the boys you know they're raising about uh, they're averaging $500 a month they're giving well not averaging $500 a month that's what they're actually giving an average of $500 a month to shelters. That's awesome. So. That is so great. That's way more than. They need to do is get onto Shark Tank. Yo. <laughs> and somebody from Shark Tank needs to buy them. Wow. So they're going to be like, I'm going to take 50% of your business. I'm just kidding. Never mind. Just okay. go for 5%. Never mind. <laughs> get 5%. You Don't think. agree to whatever they say. I'm just kidding. <laughs> do it because that's the only way. No, but these kids are young. They're look at what they're doing. No, like, that's young, that's, young. That's amazing because most of these stories that we that we talk about are young kids. Yeah, and they're starting them off young nowadays too, and it's great. They're getting them out there. We had this kind of stuff when we were younger, but I think it was just 
our population is growing by a mass amount. And our population is growing and it's changing. And it's changing. And there's so many factors that people are going up. It's great. I think it's great. People are going up, but people are realizing now that there's a lot of people on the bottom end of the spectrum that we maybe did not notice before, but now right. there's such and more what, greater amounts of them. That what is, better start than to start with these younger kids who are the biggest influences and they... they we're older. We're older already. We're done. No, we're not done. <laughs> we we're done. These kids are the future. They, they got all of this. We can still do our part, but just teaching them at such a young age just just shapes their entire path in so many ways and it's i applaud them good for them absolutely good for them shout out to the young people for sure that's great thank you jose that was a was a good deed of the week we wish we were young again (laughs) oh i'm still young i don't know about you but oh my goodness okay keep telling the people that (laughs) (laughs) so that wraps up our episode for this week thank you for joining us and as always subscribe rate review check us out on apple Podcasts, spotify and we're on iHeartRadio. iHeartRadio, you guys are on iHeartRadio now damn so check it out we made it yes sort of no we didn't only for seven more episodes though because we're only up to 14 yeah we don't have the budget. <laughs> but thank you. Thank you for listening. We hope you join us next week for another new beer and another true crime. And, you know, we really hope that you guys send us some of your favorite beers and some of your true crime stories that you want to hear about or you just just want to hear about. <laughs> yeah, please send us something that, you know, that interests you, that you think would be an awesome story for other people to hear. Even if it's, you know, not a murder or a beer, send us a, you know, something good that was done in your neighborhood or that you yes, heard of around the area. send us your good deed. Send us something that you've heard about in your neighborhood that's a good deed and you want us to share. Send it. We're wow. not just about bad news. No, not at all. We want to get the good stuff out there, too. We're Send it to murderontap at gmail.com and give us a follow on Instagram at murderontap at Instagram. Well, on Instagram. Oh, drink again and Just drink kidding. again. Ugh, whatever. But that's not the point. <laughs> Sorry we're not on all the other social media. Um, Facebook, Twitter. Yeah, we're just trying to keep it, you know. We're just trying to keep it simple. I'm not really a fan of Facebook right now. Or in general, no offense to whoever likes Facebook. But that's not the point. Uh, we're just kind of sticking to Instagram for now. But give us a follow. Give hey, us a follow. We might make a Snapchat, maybe. Probably not. not probably but. not. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening. Ice picks. And we'll uh, we'll catch you next week. See you next week. Remember, rate, subscribe, like, and review. And review. Have a Cheers. good one. <laughs>